Our scripture lesson this morning is found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 1 through 10. Jesus said to his disciples, Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender, and if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day, and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave, who's just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink, later you may eat and drink? Do you thank the slave, do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you've done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We've done only what we ought to do. Let's pray. Bless, O Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts. O Lord, our strength, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. I'm sure all of you heard this week that the former Dallas police officer, Amber Geiger, was sentenced to 10 years in prison for murder. At the sentencing hearing, Brant Jean, who is the victim's brother, asked if he might speak. He asked District Judge Tammy Kemp a question. I don't know if it's possible, but can I give her a hug, please? Judge said yes. Then he said, I don't want you to go to prison, and I forgive you. This is a direct quote. I don't want to say twice or the hundredth time what you've done or how much you've taken from us. I think you already know that. But I just, if you truly are sorry, know that I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. I love you just like anyone else. 
and I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die. I personally want the best for you. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that Botham would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person, and I don't wish anything bad on you. He wiped away tears from his eyes, and apparently the courtroom was sobbing. It's stories like this and experiences like that that if they happen to me, if it happened to you, if that kind of tragedy happened to us, would we, could we respond with that kind of grace? Would faith the size of a mustard seed be enough? I raise this question because church experience doesn't necessarily help us very much with the issues of judgment. Somewhere along the line, we've grown to expect a steady dose of reprimand from the scriptures. More more often than not, we hear Jesus' words to the disciples as shaming and angry words to them. There's a guilt-ridden part of us that hears Jesus reply, if you had this much faith, you'd be able to do miraculous things. This scripture can be downright painful to us this morning. It begins by hearing Jesus say, If you make someone stumble, better that you drowned. And if that wasn't enough, the passage wraps up by telling us to do our jobs like slaves and to expect nothing in return. Well, worthless is how we pretty much feel. We hang our heads as apostles, suffering the scold we think we deserve. And our reaction is predictable. Either we mumble under our breaths or scream in our hearts, doesn't life happen? Who wouldn't want a dose more of faith to deal with it? This life we have is hard. It's no surprise that the disciples beg Jesus to give them more faith. It's in this sense that many of us feel a lot like the disciples. When life overwhelms us with its demands, we feel placed upon to be good Christians. Who of us is strong enough for the task? Is there any wonder then that some of us feel like being a disciple is a bit beyond our best reach. If there's one thing we could expect from our religion, we think it's that we constantly fall short of the goal. In other words, have we not learned to wear the millstone well? 
Let's just unpack for a second what we think the problem might be. I think the confusion in our day, just as it was in the disciples' day, is about what it means to have enough faith. We're set up a bit in Luke's gospel when Jesus describes exactly what it's going to mean to follow him. Follow me and there's not going to be a place to lay your heads. The kingdom of God is your first priority. No time to bury your dead. Let somebody else say goodbye. Following means your world has changed. No wavering, no looking back. And to the crowds traveling with Jesus, he emphasizes the cost of following them. None can become a disciple without carrying a cross. Placing family ties as secondary. Oh, and by the way, please give up all your possessions. Christian discipleship sounds overwhelmingly demanding, and the increase of faith seems absolutely necessary and completely reasonable to ask. Who can do all of that without a net increase in what they need to get through such an adjustment? New Testament theologian Marguerite Ernst Habib suggests that the problem is with our understanding or our basic human misunderstanding. Don't we think this is about us? The faith that Jesus talks about here is the faith in Christ, not about the amount of faith the followers have. Do you hear the difference? The Gospel of Luke invites us to have a faith in Christ which mirrors the faith of Christ. He invites the disciples to grow into that faith because it isn't a step-by-step, ten steps to a greater faith program. Our problem arises when we separate our need for faith from the one who gives it. When our faith is our faith. Stated more simply, when the disciples ask for greater faith, knowing that difficult times lie ahead, Jesus responds by saying, something as small as a mustard seed is all you really need. Jesus is saying, stop judging your faith, relying on your strength, or being scared by your weakness, Look to the one you follow. Faith is not a stockpile in a storehouse for the working of spiritual wonders. It's a lived-out obedience to a just and loving God. What Jesus is really offering in this text is a liberating word. Have the faith the size of a mustard seed. It's enough. Jesus knows that our life journey is difficult. His disciples are real people. P 
people of faith filled with zeal and determined to match the opportunity. And, and they are real, flawed, wonderful, damaged, messy people. And so are we. So let's just face it. Stumbling along the road of faith is inevitable. No one would deny that real care needs to be taken in our faith journey together. Isn't that why when we mess up, Jesus calls us to hold each other accountable, even if it means confessing and forgiving each other over and over and over again? It's the journey. Our scripture this morning is telling the disciples and us in so many words that we have all the faith we need. Even this much is there to allow us to do anything we need because faith in the one who leads us is all we need. Paul in Philippians would say it another way, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's the attention that makes the difference. Bruce Smith, I read in an article this week, he is 72, and in high school he admits to have been a bully. He and a group of boys decided they were going to pick out a couple of sisters, Lorraine and Kathleen, and treat them like they had cooties. Literally, when these poor girls came down the hall, they'd back up against the locker like they were scared they were going to get something from them. So vicious were they in their bullying, they were the cool kids, you know, that other kids wouldn't speak to them. Not only that, but they never went to sleepovers, they never went to dances. It was painful to them. Bruce would remember over the years that he had been really cruel, and he, he said to his wife, you know, if I ever saw those two again, if I could find them, I would apologize. And the wonder of Facebook. <laughs> his wife found Lorraine Reese. They called him up and said, could we meet you for lunch? And they said, okay. <laughs> they met for lunch, and Bruce apologized. Now, that may not seem like much, but these women, these women had spent a lifetime, 60 years, wondering why they were so broken and people didn't love them. When asked what it had done, they said this. It's freed us from the pain. It's opened up our lives. This couple and these two sisters are now with each other like they were family. Regular company creating community where there had never been one for those two. 
this much changed the world. Now, Jesus does never imply, never implies in Scripture that our faith has to be heroic. But our belief in him is essential. If we feel daunted by the demands of discipleship, then we need to hear sometimes faith deals with some pretty ordinary stuff. The faith, as Jesus describes it, is just our job. It's just what we do. Like a servant or a slave would. Not because there's any sense of reward, but simply because walking and living like a child of God is what needs doing. Reflecting the face of Christ means something in this day. And it's when we do that ordinary stuff of living with our thought only being about Christ, then something extraordinary can happen. Could Jesus be saying that faith the size of a mustard seed can transform everything? That it really doesn't take all that much if we would just take it with us as we live? It likely has never occurred to you or to me that being a good friend, doing our job with care of others, bringing home the bacon to feed our families, watching out for the kids in the neighborhood, all that ordinary stuff that we do every day has anything to do with Christian faith. Well, it does. It's the stuff that looks like nothing, the stuff that no one ever gets credit for, the simplest things done because they need to be done, being done mirroring Jesus, who is the one in charge of the impact. We put up walls yesterday. If you drove by, it looked like just a bunch of wood, hammers, nails, saws, and people on the ground trying to put the walls together. And yet, will it not add up to a mountain of blessing for those who will eventually live within them? Imagine what the previous week would have looked like if those things hadn't gotten done. If we subtracted from the planet over the last week, the world would be different without our simply living and loving as Christ's children. Now let's imagine next week if we had a sense that even our ordinary acts are God's way of using care to nurture the world. That little bit of faith would shake everything up. If you are one of the folks who don't think that what you do matters to God, then you need to hear that sometimes the ordinary faith that we live is pretty extraordinary according to God. Faith, my friends, is an adventure. 
It's putting one foot in front of the other and walking toward a future we can't see yet, but trusting that God is the one shaping it. See, that, that's what you need. Faith is heading out the door every day looking for opportunities to partner with God and creating a new future, being Jesus' co-worker in the world, the Spirit's ear, all while imagining that the various challenges put in front of us are actually opportunity that invite us to grow as disciples in our witness to God's presence and goodness of the world. If all the world may look like ordinary stuff, but when we put it together, blessed by God, I promise you it is extraordinary. What if we heard the scripture in a different tone and heard it out of Jesus' heart instead out of a gospel writer's hand? Might it sound a little more like this? Oh, occasions for messing up and making mistakes are bound to come. And oh, wouldn't you rather that we had a millstone around our necks than cause a brother or sister to stumble? Let's be careful out there. And if one of us messes up, let's make it right. Put it on the table. And when the one who messes up says they're sorry, forgive them and mean it, even if it takes doing it over and over again. The disciples said, this is tough work. Could you increase our faith? And Jesus says, you got all you need. Even a little bit can change the world. Do the ordinary stuff you do every day and do it without thinking about anyone but me. You won't feel like it's very much, too ordinary. But that ordinary mustard seed faith you've got can move mountains. Let's pray. Lord, we always want more when you say we're enough. So continue to whisper into our ears all the way to our hearts, through our hands and through our feet as we accept the challenge of discipleship. Help us to know that the little faith we think we have is God-given, and you promised it would be enough. Thanks be to God. Amen.